Welcome to another episode of the Dentology Podcast, where we discuss the business of dentistry. In this podcast series, we'll be discussing all the non-clinical aspects of dentistry, from goodwill values, finance, marketing, how to buy and sell a dental practice mindset, through to where you can invest your money in team management issues. My name is Andy Acton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Trevens. Let's jump straight into it. So, Dr. KP, Kunal Patel of Love Teeth. Fascinating. Fascinating. What I mean, what an interesting story um the thing about his uh, you know the attack it's just that it's a real good one to listen to you know oh and th- i think there's lots of things in there for people to reflect on you know how they run their life you know i think he was really open and honest about you know what what he'd done in how he'd built his life and, mm. and the reasons for it but yeah. then ultimately the impact it had but the success he's having with you know the practices that he's opening um you know the work that goes into yeah. it the commitment running a family mm-hmm. i think there's there's so much in there for everybody no fear is what i got from that you know that that the the, the circumstances of of his attack could have been massively different than the yeah. effects that yeah. it had but also he took it as a positive which is a yeah a great thing but also listening to how he qualified and where he qualified and what he would have been like as a young man mm and how that confidence has really come on over yeah. that period of time because i've only ever i've only known you for a fairly short period of time mm. i only know the kunal so that, that, that everybody that really sees you you don't think of this quiet young man that, that perhaps didn't have the confidence he's got today and it's it's lovely to see that that one he's having the success but also for everybody else you can change mm. you can evolve you can develop for me i just thought you know one it's hard enough training and passing to be a dentist but training and passing to be a dentist whilst having to learn and write and read a different language. I mean, whoa. Oh, very challenging. No, <laughs> yeah, I think people, really people, good. people can love that one. So hi, today we are so, so, so pleased to be joined by Kunal Patel. And Kunal is the co-founder of Love Teeth uh, with his wife, Lucy. Uh, he's a key opinion leader for a number of different organisations, but the one that I'm probably most familiar with is Invisalign, a family man and an absolute star. How are you doing, Kunal? Um, thanks, thank Yeah, good to see that, you. That was a lovely introduction. A star, hey? Yeah. Smaller star you'll yeah, ever absolutely. see. Absolutely, you are. Smaller star you you'll ever see. not at all not at all not at all i mean you say about your path went to dentistry and i'm going to quote you here so you can't deny this (laughs) i opened a newspaper and wanted to party in Prague while getting a degree and making my parents proud so far from what actually played out so uh, we can't leave it there so this sounds like a really good start point it needs explaining yeah blow by blow account explain to us kind of how that how that sentence came about so I was a 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid. I didn't do the best in my A-levels. Um, I didn't get the grades that I was supposed to get to get into medicine. I was too busy kitting out my cars and um, and just not studying really, right? Um, you saw me as the guy that spent a lot of money on your sound su- system. Definitely. Subwoofer, <laughs> um, LED, yeah, yeah. graphic equaliser. Yeah, did you have one of those stereos where you had a little handle and you pulled the radio yeah, out? Did, and you had to it take it with you, right? Was it one of those? And actually. <laughs> the old yeah. Blaupunk or something. Actually, yeah, Blaupunk or so, Sony, right? Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I actually miss them days because... You know, we used to enjoy kicking out our cars. It used to be something you do. And now yeah. by kicking out your car, you're just devaluing it. And people frown upon you if you put mm. a, 
the radio yeah. system in, right? So anyway, so I was, I was that yeah, kid yeah. Um, and I didn't get the grades that I wanted to at A-levels. So I decided to do fast track through doing a BSc to go into medicine. So I went to Queen Mary's for a year. I did biochemistry. It ended and I was like, this is mind-numbling. Oh, I hated it, right? Uh, <laughs> and then a younger cousin of mine finished his A-levels and he, he didn't do it as bad as me, but he, he just got into pharmacy and he wanted to do dentistry. So we were over at each other's house, opened the newspaper and it said, become a dentist in Prague. And um, so... I went, great, dentist in Prague. And at that time, Prague was known as the stag capital of the world. And that's all I knew of it, yeah, right? Yeah, I was like, yeah. come on, cuz, let's go do this, right? <laughs> I go, mum and dad will buy us a degree and we'll um, we'll get drunk at the same time and see what this is all about. Um, and it was far from the truth. So we landed in Prague airport around 5 p.m. It was still daylight. This little minibus picked us up with a sign saying our names on. We got in and it drove for about two and a half hours and it didn't stop. Well, oh, how wow. big is Prague, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden we're outside this sort of hostel and they give us some keys and say, this is the room, see you later. Someone will be in touch. Um, and we're like, what, really? Now, now you know, we come from good families where our parents you know we've been sheltered you know the good spoiled kids the standard good spoiled boy you know um oh, you know, okay. i never did laundry never fended for myself everything was given to me oh. so all of a sudden we had to learn how to cook had to wash our clothes but more importantly survive right we cried for about a week straight um, because we were locked in this room and that movie hostel came out that year <laughs> and it was literally the same the, you know the toilet bath and sink were all in the same thing right like there was a sink was in the bath so you had to get in the bath to brush your teeth it was weird and the toilet's right next to you oh, wow. um so mum mum and my uncle came to um sort of set us in they couldn't believe how bad it was <laughs> then they tried to settle us in but then over the coming week um a few more of us rejects spoiled kids got dumped at this place, right? So we formed a little community, and then the university. They've actually turned this into. They've actually turned this into a reality TV show now, haven't they? Don't they do this in real life and they really? film people? Yeah. Oh yeah, it sounds like they're Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, and and it was literally like okay, and then as more of us got there, my parents left. We cried. We still remember it. We we're hugging each other, crying. They've gone. Um, <laughs> And then it became okay because we created a community. It was okay. But there was about 150 of us in our first year. In the final year, I think there was about seven of us graduated. So, wow. so. And were those, hundred, were those 150 from all across Europe? Yeah, yeah so international. So majority of us from the UK. And there was a big Scandinavian right. um, community as right. well. And because apparently it was cheaper to educate them outside of Norway than within Norway. So so the government would right. fund for the education in the Czech Republic. We didn't realize how strict this university was. So we're in this town called Haradits Kralove. Um, it's more than two hours away from Prague. It's got nothing for entertainment. They haven't really ever seen brown people like me. 
and the only ones that they've seen they've had bad impressions of um, which were known as the thieves mm. and the gypsies around that area so we spent the first few years getting beaten up quite often um, by the locals um, you'll get on Oh really? What, yeah. just, wow. what just race just out, out, out yeah, of yeah, out 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 like, like Pro- Prague was used wow. to foreigners, uh, whereas these villages were yeah. we were the first year to do dentistry. So it was a medicine oh, uni right. for international students, but not for dentistry. Um, so we more or less learned medicine for the first few years and just did a bit of dentistry at the end. So my qualification is actually MUDR, which is a medical doctor with dentistry. Um, so we did a lot more medicine oh, dentistry. So in terms of dental skills, when I left university, it wasn't the best. Did a couple of fillings and handful of extractions. Um, so, but what it was really, really good at was book knowledge, textbook knowledge. So literally there wasn't a right. single exam that was written. Everything was like a viva oral exam in English. But you had mm. to be able to speak, read, and write Czech within the first two years. And that's wow. why by the end of it, only wow. I think there was about five or six of us that graduated in my final year out of 150. Yeah. So in terms of when I think about it now and people say, could you do it again? Probably not because the number of times me and my cousin, you know, were walked up to the bridge, Charles Bridge, the famous bridges out there. Uh, what, yeah, you know, beautiful. we're letting our parents down, and you know, I joke about it now, but at the time it was serious. Like, you know, parents are paying ten thousand pounds a year for tuition fees. You know, yeah. are we going to get through it? It was so hard, so difficult. Um, you know, there's many times that we thought, we let's thought- just end this. And now thinking back, uh, it was probably the best thing that happened to me. But could I have done it again? I, I don't think I can. I don't know how we did it. I think you know, when you're a lot mm-hmm. younger, you'd. You're not so aware of what you're doing. You're just doing it. Um, yeah, you're sort of just, just going, going for it, aren't you? I think also, I think, na- I think yeah. naivety in, in lots of scenarios is, is not a bad thing because if you fully knew everything that was coming at you or you had more information, you, you might not do it. And, and was your cousin one of the seven? No, no. So he, he actually fell one of the years. So he, he graduated the year after me. Right. So, right. It, you know, but it sounds to me... Yeah. I was, I was going to say, it, it, it sounds to me like you learned a lot more than just dentistry. Out there. Yeah, it was. It made you grow, it made you grow up in, in you many You know what ways. I, I say? I wouldn't, you know, the, the person that you've met now, um, that mm-hmm. wasn't the guy that left and went out there. So when I came back and my old school friends, you know, got to know who I was, I mean, some of them are still baffled how I've ended up on the BBC, you know. It was a completely different person that left to... Who came back? I came back with responsibility. I I, mm. I felt as if I worked so hard for that degree, I was going to make the most of it in every possible way, and it gave me that drive. Mm. Was that was that for, for your for your parents? Was that ever part of the reason for you to go and study overseas <laughs> to give you that that space? Or was that is that yeah. well, no? But sometimes you put people into situations that are challenging, yeah. and suddenly you realise just how good they are and how they no, flourish. I, I, I didn't. Was was that? I, th- I think my family do have a a big part to play. My brother, especially, like he he made mistakes and he didn't want me to lead by them. So you know, my dad. I remember my dad saying to me, he was like, "I don't want to see you again until you come back as a dentist. Like, there's no point of us." Oh, wow. I mean, you know, he's what did your dad? He's a shopkeeper. Dad so dad, dad was a shopkeeper. Oh wow. Um, okay. Mum was a housewife, and then she 
had some building work going on at the house and one day I see her in the garden telling these builders what to do. You know, fast forward six or three three years, she was the owner of that building company. You know, the guy took her in because she had the knowledge and she became the owner of that building company. And so I think my background, and I, I try and explain it, the skill set I have, I learned from my mum and dad and my brother really. And and that that was my dad, the way in the shop, he could communicate with anyone. I remember as a, as a kid, mm. I was in the shop once and this lady came in and she bought a newspaper and that's all she was going to buy. But my dad spoke to her for so long. She told my dad her whole life story as if they knew each other for many years. And she ended up buying extra chocolates and, you know, biscuits for her grandchildren mm. at that time in my dad's shop. And she left. And I said mm. to my dad, did you know her? And he goes, no. First time I ever met her in my life, son. So I, I, that was one of the qualities I learned growing up being around the shop was, you know what, if you just communicate with people in the right way um, mm. and engage with them, you can make so, you can change mm. someone's life, make them happier. And also, you know, yeah. my dad made a successful shop business out of it. Mm. Mm. I, I, personally, I think that communication yeah. is the most important skill yeah. you can, we can have yeah. as people. Builds relationships. Yeah. I think everything else is secondary. If you can't get on with people and, yeah. you know, uh, share share stories, show empathy, you mm. know, care for people. And, and that, those, if you don't get through that, then everything becomes very 100%. difficult. 100%. Even when I'm recruiting, like, you know, we're going to go on to it. But the, the, one of the main qualities I look for when I'm looking for recruiting is I, I don't really care what the CV says. It's about that person in front mm. of me. And if yeah. they can communicate with me well, I know that I can train anything into them. And so mm. I think communication... Exactly the same as us, Colonel. Communication yeah. is... is that's what we do, isn't it? Yeah. So we yeah. used to do uh, interviews, you know, proper interviews, and that was such a waste of time. We yeah. we worked out we we're taken for a coffee, <laughs> and then have a coffee because then you find out much more about them, and then whether they fit in or don't fit in. Then. But you just want people to yeah. relax, don't you? If you if you have a an interview structure, we all know how to prepare for something yeah. like that. Whereas if you say to somebody, "Did you go on holiday this year? Yeah. Where did you go? Yeah. Who did you go with?" Yeah, you find out what that person's really like, and a lot more. Can you still speak Czech? Um, yeah. yeah, right. If you warm me up, then yes, um, but not really. <laughs> yeah, I can. I, wow. Languages wasn't my strong point. So my cousin was really good at languages. I was really good at drilling. So we helped each other get through the university. Literally, like we would mm. support each other the whole way through. So I don't, I don't believe I could have done it without him. And I'm pretty sure he was. And, and, and is Czech? Mm. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I've never seen Czech written down. Is it sort of a bit like Russian? So it, th- there's like you know 28 letters. So they don't really, or is it because you sort of feel Eastern European? Yeah. It's somehow harder. Yeah. You know, with French, mm. it sort of looks a bit like English, yeah. but I'd imagine so it sort of looks a bit different. Th- they use the same letters as us, but some of them are different. You know, they have the exclamations and accents on them. Mm. Um, it, it was really difficult. So, you know... That must be really hard. I, I could barely speak English, let alone learn another language. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so, so going back to the history, my skill set. So I think the mum, mum helped me realize that anything is achievable right she was a housewife mm. to become this really successful lady that everyone depends upon she's a problem solver like there's there's nothing that anyone that has a problem and I have a huge family you know my mom's the lady to go through go to if you want something solved and wow. so i think 
these qualities that and and my my brother just with the discipline you know keeping me in the straight and narrow mm. i think this is what i decided to bring back and every day i i appreciate every day that i am a dentist and i'm able to do this because i can see how the flip side could have been for me and yeah. and you know I, i i live and drive off the fact that i am able to now feed 100 mouths because you know we have over 100 um staff members here and i think wow. one of but you're not just feeding those 100 mouths are you they've got families ex- as well exactly and you know it goes it goes deeper that ripple effect yeah. isn't it it's massive and, and you know what that that's why i do the love teeth that's why i did the expansion was the fact that i had i felt as if i was given a tool that can help others and i'll try and use it the best i can until my time comes mm. Mm. So you've been a dentist for 12 yeah. years although you say it feels like 50. <laughs> um uh, uh, at what point was there a day you woke up where you said right alongside being a dentist I'm also now going to explore the business side of mm. things. Was there a, a defining moment when that happened or was it just this kind of creeping creeping thoughts? How did that how did that so, develop? So you, you know my cousin is he has a successful number of clinics. Yeah. 50 plus clinics is is of about eight years older than me so it was and he he was he's super successful so by the time i came to graduate you know it was are you going to do what he did are you going to do what he did are you going to have as many clinics uh, so it was always there was no doubt that i was going to own my own clinic but i was never yeah. i always thought i'll do it differently i've always been a bit different in our family mm. um so and then when i finally found the right practice after being associate for four years i decided i took everything that i'd learned from those around me i was a local guy i wanted a, a clinic in my local area because i knew what it was missing i saw patients mm-hmm. you know driving all the way to harley street to get dental treatment done and i was thinking why are you going there when we can do it here and then i looked yeah, into yeah, yeah. i looked into harley street then i found out you know what is happening on harley street actually um the number of dentists on harley street i thought well let's bring it here so i decided to choose the slutty pink um love teeth logo brand it so the whole world could see and um i i created our version of um what patients wanted and i think it just fell into place I, you know i i want i wanted my own business because i want to do what my dad did um i knew that I had to drive on my mum and I always went to my clinics but mm. on a different type of clinic not based on and when was that first one in 2014 so four years as an associate I found it my cousins keep saying to me that he let me have it otherwise he would have bought it um <laughs> as, as I came to view it he was walking out um and oh, yeah, really? wow. and, and, and I was walking in with my mum um but he to this day he says he let me have that clinic which is you know i i do believe him um you know you know how it is you guys are fta that there's you know sellers tend to want to sell to guys who already have clinics because it's easier sell maybe um i don't know yeah, i'm not yeah. going to get into that um but but he he let me possibly have it and i think it was you know it started from there i made big changes very early i had mm-hmm. a vision yeah. Yeah. I changed I rebranded. I stuck to the dentistry that I wanted to provide. 
that will suit us and yeah ran mm. so that was that was 2014 yeah. um and i have this whole thing that you can kind of build anything as big as you want if you've got the foundations yeah. right so at what point from buying that practice in 2014 did you decide that you were going to extend this brand and end up with multiple practices and what things did you put in place before mm. you then started that that plan because there's lots of people that listen yeah. to this that uh, are either associates with big, yeah. big ideas and plans that they're going to execute over their career yeah. there's other people that own a practice yeah. and lots of people just don't understand how you then go from having one practice mm. to then going two three four five and and you're living breathing truth that, that, that it can be done so yeah. that what was that kind of start point from one so so I, I don't think that my vision ever was to grow it the way I did, or especially at the speed I did. Oh, okay. Um, the way I am, and those that know me, is I'm I'm very more or less impulsive. Um, are you impatient, Colonel? Are you, uh, I, you sort of like, I am. Right, want to get this done in in everything. Yeah, I think if if I believe something is right and it will work, nothing will stop me, and mm. I'll, I'll 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 make sure it's. Ex- like performed and executed within weeks you know i'll make it happen so mm. i think when i started with love teeth i made some bold changes like i don't think i ever saw another clinic with as huge signage and as as i had and you know my mindset was well patients i'm not going to lose patients because of my signage no one's going to mm. look at it and go oh, i don't want to go there because the signage is so big all I'm going to get is either no more patients or patients that will actually see, oh, look, they actually provide mm. Invisalign whitening and came in. So that's where it started. I started with that approach by letting everyone know what we do, trying to think about the mindset of a patient and how a lot of dentists believe that patients know what we can provide as dentists. But that mm. wasn't true because I used to have mm. patients who were registered elsewhere that will come for me for teeth whitening. And I'll be mm. like, why didn't you ask your dentist for teeth whitening? They'll be like, I don't think they do it. Of course, every dentist does uh, it, right? Yeah, they do it. But, yeah, but, no one told them. So I capitalized on that. But I do have to, a lot of my success at that early stage, I don't know, you guys know him, Payman from Enlighten. Right. Yeah. I, I have to owe a lot to that guy because I know, I know a lot of people in dentistry are termed as the godfathers of dentistry. But to me, he was, he was someone when nobody wanted to touch this internationally educated dentist, no one wanted to know who I was. Um, he had the time of day to come and just him visiting my practice and, wow. and saying, okay, you can do enlighten here, you know, speaking to my team. Mm. He gave me someone to latch onto and he advised me and he made me believe and give me that encouragement that actually is, the dental field isn't as scary as, it seems because back then it seemed like there was a few people doing it really well and none of us were ever going to be touching them. Mm. And he gave me he, he, but but on just on payment, he, yeah. he is such a nice, sincere and caring guy. It, In fact it was it was payment. Yeah. I was at a course and I was talking to payment about his own podcast and yeah. it was from talking to payment that he gave us the the encouragement mm. and the idea yeah. to start this. And and he's, that's he's what he's about. It, yeah, honestly yeah. he is one of them rare people that i find that actually is selfless in that way he 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 just mm. wants everyone to do well and yeah and the way he looked after his team because I, I, i've never seen a team looked after the way he looked after his team at enlighten is what encouraged me and started me off 
me and, and Lucy came on board. So I bought, uh, I bought Cheem in 2014, my first practice. She came for an interview six months later. Um, and, <laughs> and I think her and payment were sort of the missing pieces that I needed in terms of, mm. she gave me that confidence that mm. I needed to sort I mean, I, I was one of them guys that couldn't approach and talk to people. You know, you go to a shop to buy, oh, really? like you go to Top Man to buy something, for example, back in the day. And, you know, the person at the cashier will be like, hi, how are you? How was your day? I, I had no confidence to talk back. I, I'll be that guy that says, yes, fine, pay and go. Wow. And I think wow. having someone like... transition. Yeah, it, transition. And now I'm on a podcast. I've, only met, I've met you a couple of times. Now, right? now we that can't would not be something. Now we can't tribute. Now we can't shut him up. Yeah, yeah. you can't shut me up. <laughs> but it, it was. I was honestly that guy, and I, I think in life, the few people come at the right times to make it mm. happen. Mm. Lucy yeah. was one. Payment gave me that inside dentistry confidence. Lucy gave me the life confidence, um, and I think that's when it. That, that I think that's, that's when brilliant. it changed for me, and. It started working. I created these yeah, workflows yeah. that worked. You know, in 2017, Invisalign came knocking and said, "Why aren't you using us?" And I was like, "You're too expensive." You know, the the good old Patel yeah. boy came out of me in my head and said, "My dad taught me that you're too expensive. Your lab bills. I'm not using you. I'm using fast braces." And you know, fast braces made me the the master affiliate provider. You know, I was doing the most cases from an NHS practice. And what they showed me this some technology. They, they didn't even have it on them. They just showed me a video of a smile simulation, a before and after. And I was like, wow, is that technology exist? And I bought one without ever doing a case. And then I didn't realize by the end of that 2017, I was the first provider ever to solely become a diamond provider within the first year. And that's Invisalign's wow. highest status. Yeah, and, wow. And that is when all the companies started to know me, yeah. right? That's when um, people weren't shunning me off for being, you know. I was going to ask you that question. Did you, by the sounds of things, you sort of had then some reluctance for people to engage with you because you were qualified yeah. overseas. And, it's and, mad, isn't it? And, and it is true, right? Like we, we are we are shunned upon, but I think one of the advantages we had is that we don't know who the GDC were, right? So there was mm. no fear within us Whereas um, I find the UK grads have quite a lot of fear of the mm. GDC, which is probably misplaced or you know built in from a university mm. level. Um, and is that is that is that trained into them? Which is why we we hear this phrase "defensive mm. dentistry" so yeah. much. Defensive. Yeah, and and mm. honestly, the GDC so, hasn't helped itself. Has no, it, really? no, not, not at all. It's presented no. itself not as the dentist champion, but almost as the dentist's anvil to beat the yeah. crap out of them mm. i mean I, I, i'm going to be careful what i say in case someone there will listen to me but 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 in in on in all honestly i teach and speak to so many young dentists these days mm. and they're always asking me clinical questions on a daily basis and my answer is always yes that's right do it and i just feel that they just need that bit of confidence to just sort of push them yeah. and say go and do it I have this saying, I don't know if it really goes down too well in the dental field, but we're not saving lives, right? We're not that important. It's just teeth, okay? Um, mm. So, you know, don't worry. It's not like we're doing open heart surgery or something like that. It's teeth. We know the basics. We've got the textbook knowledge. 
It's just about having that confidence to do it and communicate mm. well with your patients. And and most of the cases that go to the GDC are lack of communication cases, except for the dodgy yeah, few that do true. a few dodgy things yeah, with, yeah, yeah, with yeah. patients. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but it is, but, right? So but we need to create, We also I think there has to be a, an environment where um, people get supported if something yeah. does go wrong. Yeah. Mm. And if, if, if something's tried. Castigated. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Vilified, yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's, it's really shocking how many young dentists actually ask me questions on a daily basis mm. about cases, about things to do in business, you know. And it's usually just, I'm having to just push them and say, yeah, that's right, do it. Have you like, noticed a change, Colonel, in uh, uh, from dentists that would have been trained 10 years ago to seven years ago <laughs> to five years ago to three years ago. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I think, uh, so I'm, I'm interviewing daily. I, I'm quite lucky and blessed that I, I don't have a problem with recruitment, especially dentists. Um, that That's why I do a lot of my education pieces mm. is mm. so I can get out there, explain what we're about. Um, and I, I'm more or less interviewing daily young dentists and old dentists, you know, I, there, there is a huge misconception by the young dentist, I believe. And this is my philosophy. So every social media platform is like a window, right? Instagram is a window that people can look in and see love teeth. Facebook is a window that you can look in and a majority look through Instagram when they look at us. And if you look through the Instagram window, which we cater for, 20 to 30 year old patients okay who is invisalign whitening bonding that market mm. that's all we're going to push out there unfortunately that's what the dentists see of us as well so when they come to my interviews the first thing they're like they think that's what i want mm. they think i'm looking for dentists that only do bonding and invisalign and i don't want general dentists Whereas if, if I ask them, have you looked through my Facebook window? You'll see that we don't market that stuff. We market more implants to the older range, you know, mm. so, and general dentistry. So I have a thing now when I'm hiring, I will pay a more per higher percentage to those that want to do general dentistry. Oh, well, those that want to do the aesthetics only, Invisalign, etc. I don't believe that make that that's coming to a clinic like mine with no effort whatsoever. Mm -hmm. That's what we're bringing in from our marketing. Yeah. So the debt is already pre-sold by the time they come. There's not much effort happening from the dentist. They're just order takers really. Yeah. It's just, it is. It's just delivering it. Well, what's interesting is the misconception that um, social media platforms are marketing platforms, that social yeah. media isn't the truth of everything you do. It's just curated mm. for the following that suits yeah. that particular platform. I was going to say the smart yeah. thing, isn't it, that you've identified that certain people of certain ages use certain platforms. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Very yeah. smart. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I have that conversation with the general dentist, and then I say to him, "Look, why do you want to do bonding? It's probably the most high stressful treatment you can do in dentistry, mm. because the the age range that tend to want it can't really afford it. <laughs> Therefore." Therefore, their expectations are sky high. Yeah. And the, and the way of doing bonding is so technique sensitive that unless if you're thick skinned and you can take it, you're adding more mental unrest 
to already a profession that is already, you know, a high stressful mm. profession. But the thing is, it's, um, it's, it's talked about so much and it's like trending and it's, it's trendy, on vogue at the moment. And, yeah. You know, it's the thing that yeah. everybody's talking about. But I, I, I get what you're saying, that if you're running a practice for a community and yeah. ongoing, you want GDPs. Yeah. You yeah, want people that, yeah, can do, that can do a broad range of dentistry and want to as well. And honestly, if there are any young dentists that are going to listen to this podcast, right, and want to listen to me, I would strongly advise to home in on your general dental skills, diagnosing, posterior fillings, and using these aspects because we don't know when trends end. Rebonding yeah. trend can end. The Invisalign trend can end. And if you've just made yourself niche in these areas mm. you're not thinking of a long-term business plan for yourself you're mm. thinking very narrow in the moment and you know you need your general dental schools because they save you that's the way you learn your communication skills it's great that, that's when it happens it brilliant advice yeah oh, honestly yeah uh, and that you know my most successful associates that work for me you know they take home maybe 20k gross a month doing general dentistry <laughs> and you know they that that's just by really good communication skills and mm. that's what i train into mm. but also or, i'd have thought just up. yeah i'd have thought it was just from a, a variety of work i i know i'm somebody who my attention span is not brilliant so i, I like yeah. the variety of doing lots of different things through yeah. the course of a week yeah. if you're a general dentist you you get that as well mm. because every yeah. time a patient rocks up you know it's going to be a variation mm. whereas if you just just get tighter and tighter and tighter and all you're doing yeah. is composite bonding mm. or, or invisible all the mm. time yeah it, it yeah. must become quite repetitive and there's a boredom that must come with that too and i think if you think about dentistry and technology so my, my legacy i want to leave behind is i changed uk dentistry for the better for the patient and the dentist and that's going to be working with digital and ai yeah, yeah. and if you yeah. look at the treatments such as invisalign bonding they're becoming so assisted mm. now with technology that I, I don't know if I should say this, but any idiot can do these treatments. Okay. Without the most experience that the only treatments that are going to be left there that will actually need some care and some actual skill set are going to be the general mm, dentistry, yeah. the fillings, yeah, yeah, the, you know, yeah, yeah. the posterior work at my clinic. Now Invisalign has just been, is it just a tool to get patients through the door now? Mm. And we make our money, what we try and say is through general dentistry. Invisalign isn't the moneymaker anymore. That's just getting the patient through the door and informing that patient, well, this is what you want, which is Invisalign. However, you can only have what you want after you do what you need, which is the general dentistry stuff. That's stock. a really interesting take, isn't it? Mm. On the fact of the Invisalign isn't the money monster. It's the marketing no. spend almost. Well, is that, it's, it's, but it's almost it like the, the bread really and the milk at the supermarket, isn't it? You know, they always put yeah. the bread and the milk in a difficult place to get to. So you have to walk through the supermarket yeah. and the likelihood is you will come out with more than just bread and milk. Mm. And I guess Invisalign, it brings people to the practice. Who don't know what they 100%. need. It's like my, yeah. yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it was like my dad at the shop, right? The lady only came for a newspaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Made her so, we made her so welcome. We make all of our patients so welcome here that they, they will go with more. And, that, and that's why I invested so much money on the experience of the patient. Mm. You know, thinking about the scent, the aesthetics, the sound, the flow of our clinics. I think it's really important that we think about 
the actual patient experience mm. in a modern clinic these yeah, days. Definitely. So what was the so what was the timeline? So you had your first practice, then what was the timeline yeah. from twenty first to fourteen, first practice to, to yeah. kind of where we are now in terms of that that growth? What does so, that look like? Yeah, so so going back to your original question, what why did I do this jump, right? So so 2014 bought the practice, 2017 I did something without realizing I'd done it with Invisalign and becoming that diamond right. fighter. And then everything kicked off for me. I got even more confidence because I, you know, I achieved something. A lot more doors and opened up for me. Um, I then became and this I sort of coined ABC in a way, and we we're giving everyone ABC treatments and even naming it ABC was Lucy because it used to be called ABB. And Lucy goes, that sounds stupid to a patient. Why don't you just call it ABC? We can relate to that a lot more. And I then became so confident that I had a workflow, a patient journey that was spot on. And, you know, we probably by the end of 2020, so by the 2017, by the end of that year, 2018, we 10 timed our turnover. So I bought Cheem for, Cheem was valued at 350K when I bought it in 2014. We valued it at the end of the first lockdown at 3.5 million. After the second lockdown, it was valued at 4.5 million. So within that short period of time, it was true that we had something special, mm -hmm. the way we were treating our patients. Yeah. Well, you built a we, process you, that you, know, you could show yeah, you were We're not in an affluent area. I mean, those of you that know Sutton know where I am, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and we'll go on to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, um, so it wasn't that. I just realized that as long as you get your processes right, mm. your patient journey correct, mm. and your team which Lucy worked on massively, you know, the team spirit around here is massive. Yeah. We invest a lot. Um, that's what then gave me the encouragement to replicate what I had. Now, those that are in my management with me sort of trust my vision because they know I've, I've done it before, but they're sort of hating me because to open five clinics within a year isn't easy. No. Um, is unheard of their squats as well so but you know they're part of the journey because we did have it cushy i mean you know if if i didn't continue it was making good money i could have ended on just the one clinic you know um, and they all could have had a nicer life um, but you know we actually together as a collective the management team myself you know is not done alone and how is it possible we all have the same vision. Mm -hmm. uh, we all want to change dentistry in the UK for a better reason. Um, it's a really cool vision to have. I, yeah, and I, I think if we are able to try and change this stereotype of dentists, you go to 50 different dentists have 50 different treatment plans or more. Mm -hmm. This is what you told me, Handy. But, yeah. you know, we need to change that. Mm. We need to change that. And I think the technology with AI and digital will help change mm -hmm. this. Yeah, it'll be yeah, it'll become more consistent, more predictable. So, so there's a lot of talk about um, the recruitment crisis. Um, you know, people aren't yeah. working anymore. Blah blah blah. 
you've opened five yeah. squats. So obviously you needed to yeah. resource those those practices with people. You needed people to work in those practices. Yeah. How on earth did you do that? Because all we're hearing is there's 1.4 million jobs. We're not in an unemployment situation. We're in a we can't fill a job situation. You're opening new practices, yeah. yet you're able to fill them with an, you know, good quality people. So what's the what's the yeah. magic that, that made that work? So I think once I knew I need, wanted to grow because I had a, a system that worked, I quite early on identified that I was going to open new clinics. Um, a lot of the banks were closing down, so I, I aimed for the Barclays banks because they're usually in prominent areas and best positions. You know, to, to, to get a, a, a lease or get a property takes time. It's not overnight. So as soon as I knew what I wanted to do and my agenda was to open these sites, I started recruiting heavily for the one site, right? So rather than grow and then recruit, I recruited first. So yes, there may have been that we were overstaffed at Cheen, the original mm. site. Everyone was sat on each other's laps. There were no spaces, you know, but we recruited heavily before we expanded. Therefore, by the time we expanded, we already had people in place. Mm. Now, this was before this crisis of recruitment as sure. well, right? So, but even then, once the places started opening and I thought I was overstaffed, you know, things happen, people mm. leave and the, and it's never enough staff because, you know, I'm coming up with a new idea tomorrow, which is going to need a, two more yeah. staff members mm. to look after this certain new role that I have because I, I like to create new roles, right? Mm. So if you come to my clinic and ask for a breakdown of everyone's roles, they have names that you've never heard of in dentistry, right? Um, like an experience coordinator and a, you know, all yeah. different roles. But so how am I battling the problem now? I think, I think my team speak for and help me because they are happy. We do invest a lot of time and effort on the mental and physical well-being of my team. We like them to mm. feel good. You know, coming to work should be an escape from our normal lives. Everyone's yeah, yeah. got drama. And yeah. we, we try and keep the energy levels high. So recruitment-wise, we we, re we put ads out quite heavily. Don't get me wrong. It's tough for me as well, just like everyone else. We do have it better than most because we look attractive as a, a, a workplace. We have lots of perks of the work job. We pay well. Um you know, we did a whole restructure in our pay scale um, within the company. It it is tough, and I, I'm not going to say it's not mm. a tough time. Um, I get I got asked recently, would I open a squat at this moment in time? I'll probably say no. Um, I don't think it's the right time. Let let things settle down. Let's see where employment is because it's the hardest bit about any company's always. employment. Always, yeah. Um, and what we've created is our own training program. Mm. So we have our own nurse. So we identify there's a shortage of nurses. So we've created a campaign to recruit those that aren't nurses into us and we'll train them. So we help them with their courseworks. We mentor them, we give them training. So there's a proper program that we have in-house. And um, we've got two of my senior nurses that used to be my nurses, they're not clinical. Their job is to look after the trainee nurses from a day-to-day -day mm. basis. So this is how we're tackling it by, by recruiting in those that want yeah. a career in life, 
and nursing we say can open mm. doors so come in so 90% of our nurses at the moment right. are trainees it's very rare to have any um but our quality of nurses that we we create is good because i decided that i will pay two extra salaries to mm. mentor these girls because then that will help mm. me long term and i suppose you know how they've been trained don't you yeah exactly as they've been to, trained to, to, to your, yeah. to your standards yeah. i think what was also really smart yeah. as well you talked about uh, you and your management team sharing the vision and I think that bringing in the extra people to Cheam, they would have absorbed yeah. the culture of what you were doing yeah. in Cheam. So by the time they went to Sutton or wherever else, they already loved yeah. teeth people. So delivering the love teeth experience yeah. was already kind of, you know, they, they understood what that was because of the time they spent at Cheam. And if you look at my management team, only three of them, maybe four, have been hired mm. in as managers you know they were previous managers and they've been hired in the rest of my majority the other six or seven have actually grown with me since 2014 right, yeah, over yeah. the years and and the reason why they're in their positions is because they gave me that loyalty and trust and they know they mm -hmm. share my vision so so you know when i was in the trenches for example when i was clinical when i was doing everything they were the yeah. ones next to me so they can spread that mm. down to the team. Whereas right now, if if you see an employee, they, they might look at me and say, this guy doesn't mm. do dentistry anymore. He just drives around, he walks in, walks out, you know, but them, they, them guys are still singing mm. my hymn sheet saying, you know what, this is our ethic. We work hard, mm. but we yeah. get rewarded yeah. for it. That's good. So you kind of invited me down to the opening of your Sutton place, which is stunning. And I think Lucy was... <laughs> that's like her passion project wasn't it she was bowled over by how it turned out and it does look, yeah, look amazing yeah. um but then there was an unfortunate event that happened just after opening the practice yeah. and you went to the practice and you were attacked so yeah talk us through that. so it was we had the opening we had the yeah. launch party on the friday which was cool and you know we, we had some celebrities that had come in so you know those of you that know love tea you know we are big on social media and i created the branding of love teeth quite i mean in my head i had a vision and the way i was going to do it was i wanted to cater to all types of patients so those patients that liked i mean i'm a family guy so i, I put it all over my social media right about the family life i had i liked cars so i put that all over you know social media um lucy as well was all over social media so we catered to all yeah demographics like we are the practice where you know this is us and part of growing the love teeth brand was mm. us it was and you remember traditionally uh, people go to the dentist for that mm. particular yep. dentist right they don't go for a brand so dr kp was something that we pushed quite heavily originally from that obviously there are there are negatives that came with it. And I knew we. I had to stop, I had to hide, but it was about finding the right time to do it. So launch party happened and now it's Monday. Um, first day that Sutton is open officially. I'm out the back with a couple of my contractors. Um, we're trying to fix the door. The builders still haven't finished, right? There's a still skip. And out back, there's a little dead end car park and my park my car's parked around the corner now those in the area 
I'm the only guy that owns two Lamborghinis, you know, I was well known. I'm opening all these clinics and at the front of these clinics have big posters with my face on and other team yeah. members, recruitment ads. So in the local area, yeah. I am well known and all my clinics are in the same area, right? So I just buy a Tesla because I'm about to have a kid um, soon. So I bought a seven-seater Tesla. No one knows I had it. I had it about four days. Not even my staff know I've had it. And it's parked down this dead-end alleyway. One of my builders come up to me and say, Kunal, go to your car. There's a car that went down there and a boy got out and he went towards your car with a hood on. Something, oh no, one of the local kids are trying to nick my laptop out of my car. As I go over to the car, um, I hear the beep, the horn of their car beep. And someone jumps into the back of the car from my car. Something, oh, the kids grabbed something. So me thinking I'm a Bollywood hero, you know, seven foot tall, all muscle. The reality is I'm five foot five and fat. Um, I, I decide to stop this car with my hands and on the bonnet. I look through the window and I'm like, oh, crap. Um, they're grown men, balaclavas, ski masks. Oh all of a sudden, they, one of them points at me. All four doors of the car fling open. I hear a big scream, oi, and they all come running towards me. So my builders are there as well, right? Wow. So I'm thinking, let me run back to mm -hmm. them. I'll be safe because obviously these guys are just peed off that I, yeah. I stopped yeah. them, right? Yeah. They got annoyed. Like there's nothing... So I run back, I do my Bollywood antics. I think I'm Hollywood, but it turned out a bit more Bollywood. I did my Tom Cruise. I jumped over a car. I'm thinking, yes, I've escaped. Um, but the guy's still coming. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? So he grabs me and he's punching me in my face. I'm bleeding from my nose. He's broken my nose and he's smacking me. And I'm thinking in my head, where are my builders? What the hell's mm -hmm. going on? What does this guy want? All of a sudden I hear him say, Give me your watch, you effing mm. whatever, right? And I'm like, okay, my watch. So I literally take it off. All of a sudden, I feel another arm on my shoulder. Another guy's there. I look up and there's, I see a massive knife, like a machete. I've just handed the knife, I mean, the watch over to the guy. Literally, they turn around, run back to the car and drive off. I get up. I'm like, where the hell are my builders? Like, what the hell has happened? Like where the well bunch of pussies no. like where, where's the backup in the movies you've always got backup, backup right yeah. I've always got backup this didn't play out like the movie <laughs> right so I, I walk back see like I'm dripping with blood I go where they are they've all come back running out the alley I'm like they're like where are you stabbed where are you stabbed I'm like I don't know am I stabbed um I wasn't stabbed luckily then I was thinking why are them guys walked away so the other guy had a gun. So there was a gun oh, involved. There's a big machete. Wow. Um, so so we got off. So then the police come. Oh, my nurse comes out the back just then to get me. Sees these guys chasing me. Closes the door. She sees a gun. She goes into the building and gets everyone out the building out the front, thinking that we're getting robbed mm. inside the clinic. So anyway, the police come. Um, I, I employ a lot of people, and I, 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 it's a new practice. I don't want to have fear yeah, yeah, yeah. in my start so i'm acting normal you know to be fair it's not the first time i've been being up as i said i've i, I was 
in Czech Republic, I got beaten up on a regular. So it, that, that wasn't a problem. I, the police came, they saw the CCTV and um, they more or less knew who the gang were, mm. I think, from their reaction. And what they say is, you got off lucky. And I said, really? They said, so the motive of these guys really were that they were putting a tracker on your car. And what they were looking to more likely do was kidnap you at some stage, take you to your home, tie you and your family up and raid oh, your house. However, however, you've disturbed them and they've taken the opportunity to take the watch. They definitely knew what watch mm. I wore. Now, what they're saying is this isn't ordinary criminals. This is organized mm. crime. So I said, that's great. So what do I do to protect myself? Um, do I get a security yeah. dog? You know, I know some, some dentists yeah. are doing that. Do I get bodyguard? Um, they said you can, however, they won't deter these type of criminals. They'll deter the lower level general, you know, youths and mm. yobs because professional criminals organize crime. They'll kill the dog or wave a gun around and your bodyguard's not mm. going to protect you anyway. So I was like, so what's the best thing I can do? I said, first of all, can you stop saying this in front of my pregnant oh. wife? <laughs> right. Um, they were like, look, if this isn't the only group of criminals out there, there's others. And if you've been targeted by one, there'll be mm. others that may be targeting yeah. you now. I said, great. Thank you so much for saying this. Yeah. Um, so the consensus was they gave me a bit of advice about safe at the house mm. and doing whatever. Um, they said, we're going to put your status in the local community as a celebrity. And I said, oh, marvelous. So what do I get from that? They're like, nothing. I said, don't I get some like quicker response rate? They said, no. I said, can you please not put me down as a celebrity? Because I don't know where this list will go. Right. It might get leaked and make me more of a target. So there wasn't much help from that side, but I decided this was the time I had to make mm -hmm. a change. And I was a community dentist, you know, NHS is my thing. I'm on the NHS poster. I do a lot of charity work for my local community. A part of me was upset that this had happened and people in the local community would do this mm. to me because I think I give quite a lot yeah. back. So the first thing I did the next day is I sold both Lamborghinis. Mm. Um, both of them got sold the very next day, taken off my driveway, collection of watches gone. Apple watch life is now my life. And I, you know, I decided that as great it, as it was to reward myself over the years for, you know, things, because I'm not a guy, I don't go out, I don't party, you know, I'm a guy that works and goes home to my mm -hmm. family every day. And the odd occasion, if there's an event, I'll meet Andy yeah. there and we'll have yeah. a drink, right? Um, so my joys for my day-to-day -day life was that five-minute drive to work in my car, for mm. example, or, you know, wearing collecting a nice watch but i realize there's more important things i've got a young mm. family um i'm clearly created a target myself mm. in life by being on social media so mm. readily um so i think it's time and then the weirdest thing is that i had a meeting booked with a line three days later so i've got this broken nose everyone thinks i look the same which i was okay. quite offended by um, that nobody could see that I had a big swollen broken nose. <laughs> um, 
And then I was at this meeting and I'm sat there and there's the top providers of um, Invisalign in this one room. And it was not in the best top part of London. And it was a restaurant, there's about 50 of us. And I looked around the room and everyone had a decent time piece mm. on their hand, right? 50K average probably. And I was just thinking, we are probably one of the most vulnerable groups out there because most professions, you know, medics don't have that stereotype of having nice watches, right? Dentists are known as the flash idiots, right? That like to, you know, have nice watches, flaunt their stuff. And what we don't realize is we're so easy, easily mm. found. They just have to book an appointment with us, make sure we're at that practice on yeah. that day. And they can just wait for us after work, right? So, so now, yeah, um, I think it's time to get a bit of awareness out in our field. The the, the police do say dentists are targeted mm. quite heavily for timepieces. Um, watches are a thing that people are going for, not so much cars, right? Is it is watches? So, I was going to say yeah. they're very and, expensive and they're they're easy to move on, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. So. Um, Cars have a lot I mean, of honestly, yeah. I'm so pleased that you're you're okay. I know we met at the dental, one of the dental shows, yeah. very shortly after it happened, and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you thought I looked well, the same? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought the the bruising around the eyes was just a late night, to be honest. Um, yeah, but it exactly. could have been so much worse, couldn't it? You know, yeah. it's it's you know, you're no. telling the story it, now, but give, given the circumstances, it could have been yeah. so yeah. much worse. Yeah, I, I said to my family and my whole clinic and everyone around me, like, look, guys, it should have been worse. In my head, um, it was supposed to happen, you know, because something bigger was yeah. going to happen. Mm. Like, if they did get the tracker on the car, if they did do the kidnap, that's when my, my family and kids mm. were going to be involved, you know. So it was probably right what the police said. It was the best possible yeah. outcome. Then breaking my nose and making it more straight, you know, and losing yeah. a watch. And... Actually, when once I got rid of the cars, the watches, you know, I did I did find a sense of relief, mm. sort of a burden, mm. sort of lifted, mm. that a part of me thought that I was identified by the guy that had the two Lamborghinis, yeah, you know? What's your identity? And, you, you know, it, you sort of fall into mm. it, thinking, you know, that's mm -hmm. the thing. And in a way, I'm thinking, you know what? I had to do it for my team, because I, I wanted them to know that I wasn't going to put them at, any more risk i yeah. made the change i sold the cars so mm. i'm not a target so they yeah. don't have to worry and also for you for you that, that kind of and, you're yeah. so much more than shiny objects you know you get to a point where it's like yeah. there's so yeah. many things that are so much more important than that how, how did your parents react yeah. um so my parents weren't in the country they were right. actually in india and you, you know you know me i'm very mm. close to my, i still live, my, live with my parents so me lucy and the kids live with my mum and dad um, so we're, we're very close and they were in mm. India on holiday at the moment and I didn't want to worry them. So once they came back, they came back two right. days after it was weird. My mum had this sense. She, she actually had this feeling and she said like, something isn't right. I feel like something went wrong and she on the phone that Is day. That and I remember I wasn't feeling right that day. I, I, I believe in energy is something that I do. Something wasn't right that whole day. So I told her once I got back and the first thing they said is, you're not getting on the train. You know, I had that event in yeah. Birmingham yeah, when yeah. I was speaking. Um, I didn't want to let a line down. I said, look, I can't let them down. A line 
were great. They sent a taxi, you know, to take me from Surrey to Birmingham, which was great. I did my event mm, and back yeah. again. Um, but I, I think I think for them it was just that they were that old fashioned mm. parents, right? They were a bit like we told you not to be so flash, and I said it. I wasn't being flash. It was a way I, I created mm. a brand. It was around me, Lucy. That stuff created the brand. Um, but obviously, they, they, they won't understand that. They just thought I was trying mm. to be a show off. Um, and those that are close to me know that I like to think I'm quite humble and, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm not that type of guy. So, yeah. But it was like I told you so moment from the parents, yeah. right? It, it almost sounds like it was a bit of a persona almost. Yeah, it was just it was yeah. creating it because yeah. it, it suited that environment. And it, it suited you. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I, I'm a family guy and I wasn't ever shy yeah. to share it. But now I understood why people don't and they hide their personal life. I understand right, yeah. it now a lot more. Whereas before I didn't, um, I thought I was untouchable, yeah. right? Yeah. And has it changed? You know, you obviously work incredibly hard. You've got a lot going on. Yeah. Um, Lucy is massively involved yeah. in the business. As a, as a family yeah. away from business yeah. on, a, on a practical level, has, have, have things changed? Do you devote more time to the family or is it one of those things that you just kind of have there at the back of your mind? Yeah. Um, you know, time is a healer, right? It's the best healer that's going to happen. And um, as humans, we have this really good, good skill that we forget, right? Um, after a period of time so i think that that cautious is there from all of us you know there's always that looking over my shoulder you know but it didn't make me value mm. what my family are a lot more and that how it can mm. be taken away just like that right um and you know i am known to be t impulsive reckless you know is business-wise confident um and it has made me rethink that, okay, this expansion, after this expansion, mm -hmm. I have a kid coming. I'm in it. I'm, I'm going to see it through. Um, it does yeah. take a lot of my time up. Um, but I'm quite lucky that I built this team around me. My management team, I, I know, as, as I said, you know, they don't come with the background of managers or these skill sets, mm. but they've grown up around me and the yeah. business. If I didn't have them, this mm. wouldn't be possible yeah. right now. I don't think it's lucky, and, the Kunal. You said I'm quite lucky. I, I don't think you're lucky. I yeah. think you've put a lot of hard work. You've you've yeah, yeah got a vision that you've been able to articulate and get people to join you on it. So I, I don't think it's one of those things. I think lucky might be sort of finding a pound on the floor. I don't <laughs> think you end up with what you've got by being lucky. Well, well I like to say blessed. I, I think I'm blessed for every moment that I'm around. I'm blessed to have people around me that I have. Even, you know, the times that I met you, Andy, it was like everything's mm. meant to happen for a reason, right? And what one of the things I, why I haven't stopped is, yeah, you make your own luck. You're right. You make your own luck. And those people that sit on and don't do things and wait for luck to come to them, it doesn't come. That's why I'm so out there yeah. all the time still. You know, I go and do my events. I make sure that, you know, for the top 50, mm. I made sure I was there. Um, because, you know, that for other people, it might not be mean a lot to me now personally but at one point in my life it, it i would have jumped at the opportunity yeah. to be invited yeah. to certain things right and and i believe for someone else by me being there it means a lot to them so uh, th that's the way i always see it so i still make the effort i know 
Love Teeth has become quite successful and we're opening all these clinics. But I know if I stop doing my engagements that I need to do, it could all change tomorrow. Yeah. And I don't want to want to think that I'm, I'm going to put my own future and my family's future at risk by yeah. being so lazy or you know mm. taking and things for granted balance, isn't it there's always um, you know various plates to be spun yeah. and things to be balanced to make sure that, that everything's yeah. working so based on your your whole experience of, of of life so far if you could whisper in the ear of 10 year old kunal what 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 would you say to him what would you what advice would you give you yourself as a young boy i would have said do more exercise <laughs> and eat the veg that your mum told you to you might be you might be a bit taller than five foot five and grow past the age of 10 <laughs> no but but even that like you know i am short right and i own it because maybe i would have been a different person if i was taller right no so what would i say to a 10 year old me um i don't know I, I, you know what i think I'm so content and happy with where my life is now, right? Um, I think I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't go yeah. through the ups and downs yeah, yeah. of mm. the way I was. Like, you know, the naughty kid when I was younger, having to go abroad, mm. I think that changed me. And I think the work ethic I have now is because, I, you know, so I would just say just try and enjoy life mm. All and things keep going. Yeah. Nothing's, no, I think that's a great message. Um, Kunal, yeah. it's been... It's been fascinating. I think your your journey into dentistry, the stuff you do on the business side, I think that powerful message about your unfortunate incident um, and something for lots of other dentists to think about and consider mm. how they might definitely consider that. Yeah, about, just yeah. how they might make adjustments in their own world. So that, that would be a, a great listen. We always finish up in the same way where we ask our guests to answer the same two questions just so we get a bit of consistency in how people think. So if you could be a fly on the wall um, with somebody in a certain situation, when, when would that be and who would be there? Hmm. I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall when Alex Ferguson and United's Champions League final spoke to the team to get them to win. I, I would have, because, you know, leadership is something that I believe heavily in, right? And, you know, we've seen managers at United come since Alex Ferguson. I just want to know how did he get the best out of these players? What it was? Was it, you know, I would just love to know his his way of being on the wall when, you know, the scrap yeah. with Beckham and to let a prima donna like Beckham go, was such oh, yeah. a big move. And, you know, in dentistry right now, I, you know, I've got that rock star dentist that is horrible to my my team and we're keeping them here because they earn good money. And is that the right thing to do? Or do I make that bold decision and let him go? Mm. You know, I think I would love to know how he did it and yeah. why he yeah. had the on, on that, Jack Welch, does, Jack Welch, he, he does yeah, a really so. interesting thing. So he was the um, CEO of GE. Um, and he has a he has a matrix okay. which is a, a square and if you think it's like a b c d so a is okay. top left and d is bottom right and a yeah. are people who get your culture values and they deliver the goodies um b are people mm -hmm. who um they get your culture but they don't deliver the goodies and in a perfect world those people okay. you would train those people because they get your culture they get mm -hmm. your vision but they don't quite mm -hmm. they can't deliver so you train them so this 
they still yeah. have potential. D in the bottom right hand corner, though, are people yeah, who off. don't get your culture, they don't deliver, bin them, bin Second. them off. They go. What you've just described is the C's, and that's C, the most yeah. complex yeah. quadrant because those people they perform, okay. but they don't get your culture and values, and yeah. that's a very difficult one to understand about whether you keep those people because they're performing or you don't because they don't get your culture. Yeah. And I think if people don't get your culture and values now, they probably never will. Yeah, that's mm. something that's quite mm. deep rooted. Yeah. So it's 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 a very it's the most challenging quarter yeah. to to think about. The others are sort of easy. Yeah. I like that. I, I wrote that down. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's that's so yeah. Really so cool. That was good. So we're in the in the dressing room. We've got Adams first and Silk. So then the second one is if you could if you could meet somebody, <laughs> um, somebody who would you like to spend some time with? Hmm. Who would I like to spend some time with? Other of than course, you, Andy. Um, <laughs> Andy and Top Chris, my new, my new buddies. Um, who would I? Do I go sport? No. Do, uh, hmm. Should have thought about this, right? No. I mean, uh, uh, it'll probably be Alex Ferguson yeah, again, yeah. Justin, or... or Oh, I don't know. It could be um, could be someone like Ronaldo again. I know I'm going. I'm yeah. sticking with the sports theme, but for what he's performed still, mm. he's my age, and we do not look <laughs> alike, right? And I know I, I, <laughs> physically, right? I know, I know his profession is to be fit, and mine isn't. But like, he's still going at his mm. age, you mm. know, at the top mm. of the tier. I like to think. I think the common. I, I think the common thing across both of those is. is there's kind of leadership. It's about high performance, yeah. and it's about getting yeah. into the. It's and getting into the head. Yeah, it's getting into the head of people that perform at that level. Yeah, and I, I, I would love to have the discipline that someone mm -hmm. like he must have. Yeah, I just don't. You know, I mean, I, I'm disciplined in hard work every mm -hmm. day. Don't stop working, but I'm not disciplined enough to get the right balance in looking after my own health yeah. at the same time. Mm. But and. Yeah. And I think, yeah. But then equally, I suppose going back to that point yeah. you were saying, we we only see the bit we see. So we 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 see the bit on social yeah. media, mm. incredible body, incredible football. Yeah. At what price? There there will be a cost. Yeah. There will be a cost to that, yeah. isn't it? So let's find that balance. Yeah. yeah. And and that's why when I would have probably said Ronaldo off the top mm. of my head right at the beginning, a part of me now thinks that is he actually a nice guy that yeah. I want to meet because. He's about to leave United again. <laughs> <laughs> he, he wants Love to get that. out of the team. Yeah. Going to go somewhere. Club loyalty before anything else. Could, yeah. could exactly. Been, it's been an absolute joy. Thank you very much indeed for your time. We know that you're busy because we've heard it today. You've got a lot lot going on. We're, yeah, so, glad you you, your we're so glad that you're well as well. That's, uh, that is good. Um, no, we'll no, leave you to Karen with us today uh, and hopefully we'll be catching up soon somewhere. Yeah, cheers, Thank you both. Thank you for your time. Yeah really good thanks guys thank you for listening to this episode of dentology where we discuss the business of dentistry if you like what you heard please do subscribe where you found this episode that would be amazing and also follow us on instagram